for the second time in a row, two days in a row, we get to talk about the Phillies winning a baseball game. How about it? After the uh, seven-game losing streak, when it felt like they might never win a baseball game again, we now have back-to-back days where the Phillies take down the New York Mets again last night, 7-5. to and 41 and 38 now on the season as they attempt to climb back from the depths of despair that we have been talking about for the last few weeks. The just disastrous stretch of baseball going from three and a half games up in the division to at one point six and a half back, but now fighting to make up ground and and uh, starting to uh, certainly at least last couple nights get the bats going. We'll dive into it all. This is Philly Stamuros, James Seltzer. It is Wednesday, June the 26th as we come off another Phillies victory. The Phillies taking advantage of a Mets team coming to town that we thought the Phillies were going to take advantage of the Marlins when they came to town after the horrendous series in Washington that Obviously did not happen as they got swept somehow, some way. But the Phillies finally taking out the frustrations on the Mets. Yet another yesterday come from behind game as they get down early. Jake Arrieta just yet again, uh, not his best stuff. Gets the win, 7-6. and six, six, But uh, Arrieta goes six innings, allows five runs, nine hits, two walks, two strikeouts. Arrieta just didn't have it yet again. Uh, Arrieta is... Just the consummate disappointment, and I know that two starts ago had a, a really nice outing, the eight-inning outing, but just in general, obviously for the money, but in general, certainly I, I don't feel incredibly comfortable anytime Jake Arrieta gets the ball, and that's that's a shame because uh, obviously the Phillies could use a lot more from him. Um, they do get some nice work from the bullpen. Adam Morgan uh, pitches a nice inning and uh, nice to see how how huge it is to have Adam Morgan back. Then Juan Nicasio gets himself into trouble, gets a couple outs, but second and third, there was like a Jeffrey Mayer situation. If you remember Jeffrey Mayer, the Yankees uh, fan, the kid, the Tony Tarasco fly ball, uh, I guess it was the Yankees fly ball, Tony Tarasco, the outfielder out there, and Mayer reaches down and gets his glove on the ball, interrupts the play. I think it was a Derek Jeter fly ball, maybe. Either way, the Phillies, a uh, little Phillies fan out in the outfield, sticks their glove over the uh, the fence, interferes with it, ends up not being a home run. What a what a huge call it was, a judgment call to see if they thought it would have gone over. It looked like it was not going to be a home run, but um, by doing the glove thing, who knows how that ball caroms. Uh, he could have saved a run, could have saved a rally. So shout out to that kid. We'll take it. It's not the right way to behave at a baseball game per se. Maybe you shouldn't interfere with the ball in the field we've seen that go horribly wrong just ask steve bartman uh but ultimately uh it worked out as the phillies bringing hector naris who gets out of it ends up pitching a uh, uh getting the ninth uh, for another save is 15 16th excuse me of the season diving into the game it was really kind of a fun one as the phillies uh again go down early in the first inning 2-1 as uh, Ariad has a rough first inning, uh, get one back in the bottom of the first as Scott Kingery leads the game off from the Phillies' perspective with a home run. Kingery, back to back, really nice nights in Leopold. That was really all Kingery did, but provided that spark at the top of the lineup that they need. He's a spark on the bases, the speed, uh, gives you some pop up there. 
really, I really hope they keep Kingery in the leadoff spot. I think ever since Andrew McCutcheon went down, there's been a clear void there. Cesar Hernandez did not do a good job there. Gene Segura did a horrendous job there. Bryce Harper didn't do a particularly good job there. Scott Kingery feels like a leadoff hitter. You know, and I know it's not maybe what, what leadoff hitters are today with the OBP of it all and all that, but Kingery's a guy who is going to get on base. He's going to have a bunch of speed at the top of the lineup, and he can still give you some pop at the top of the lineup too. So love Kingery in the leadoff. I hope we continue to see it. He gets him on the board in the bottom of the first, but then the Mets uh, start to pour it on a little bit, get one in the second, one in the third is 4-1. The Phillies get one back on a Reese Hoskins home run in the fourth to make it 4-2 Hoskins. Home runs in back-to-back days. Hopefully. Oh, please. Hopefully he's going on a bit of a hot streak here. We've seen Reese do that before, obviously. We thought in Milwaukee when he had the homers in back-to-back days it might be the start of something. It was not. Hopefully this is the start of something. Reese back-to-back days with the home run. But then the Mets uh, poured on a little more, make it 5-2 on a Jeff McNeil single. Can't stand Jeff McNeil. It was Jeff McNeil who hit that non-home run double Jeffrey Mayer play in the ninth as well. Jeff McNeil just murders the Phillies. He is uh he is very high on the new list of uh Philly killers. Four for five yesterday. He's playing 340 on the season. Yep, not a fan of Jeff McNeil. Gets it done. But the Phillies now down five to two in the six. You're not feeling good. It just felt like it felt way more like the the uh you know three weeks prior to two days ago than two days ago, but man, we should have had some faith. Who knew as the Phillies come out in the sixth and bat around in the inning, they get five runs to take a seven to five lead. Jay Bruce and RBI ground out Cesar Hernandez, a little chopper up the middle that scores a run uh, infield single, which was awesome. And then got to give it to the guy. I'm not a fan of his. I don't think he's very good, but Second night in a row, Michael Franco with a blast to center field. This one a little more right center. Last night a little more left center. But either way, just some straight away power from Michael Franco and really uh, just a monster home run. A a massive one out home run in that spot. Scores Hernandez as well. Gives the Phillies a six to five lead, which they would never relinquish. Brad Miller. Mick comes in, uh, pinch inning for the pitcher, makes it back-to-back Jack. Brad Miller's first home run as a Philly to make it to 7-5, to five, and then the Phillies would hold on again with Hector Neris getting the job done. Look, uh, sh- props to the offense yet again. Second night in a row, the offense, it wasn't quite 13 runs the night it was before, but the offense uh, never laid down. Back-to-back nights, again, in a situation where this team has just been a train wreck and lifeless in a lot of spots. This is a team that in back-to-back nights has come out slow, uh, given up an early lead. Granted, have, have chipped away or, or a couple nights ago gotten it back quickly, but have found a way to stay in the game and stay mentally focused and not let the game go away, which has been an issue for them this season. Sometimes it feels like a, a lead. The other team gets a lead, and it's just, well, that was fun. Uh, it's over. See ya. Uh, but uh, this really team has... Uh, Showing that resiliency we had seen through May, the month of May prior to, to the June debacle, we had seen that resiliency from this team, and we saw it a little bit 
last couple of days, especially yesterday, down five two in the six, really felt like that game was over. And then they bat around and uh, and it's seven to five. And then that was all she wrote. So uh, really nice one yesterday. One thing I did forget to mention in the uh, uh, Gabe Kavler gets thrown out of the game. Uh, pretty crazy that Kavler has now been thrown out two of the last four games after never getting thrown out prior to that. Really a wild thing to think about. It's not doesn't seem like his demeanor. And this felt like a really quick hook as uh, Scott Kingery gets beamed uh, in the ha- uh, left shoulder, you know, the, the high on the shoulder. It looked like it was up towards the head, which was obviously not cool. And uh, to be honest, it, it was after those back-to-back home runs. We just talked about the Franco and Miller home runs. And... Joe West issues warnings to the teams after it said, look, who knows if it was on purpose or not. Uh, it looked somewhat on purpose, but, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, it might not have been. Either way, Kapler comes out wondering why Font isn't ejected and why uh, that uh, there are just warnings being issued. When Kingery's got thrown in his head, Kapler comes out, argues with him. You could see on the broadcast, Kapler was dropping some F-bombs. My man was animated. He was not happy. And you know what? I think he had a right to not be happy. That was, uh, why is Joe West issuing a warning in the Phillies after a player of theirs gets thrown out because they had some home runs? Um, and again, we're not sure it was intentional or not, but either way, uh, Kapler gets tossed. It was an animated tossing, but a quick hook. And here's what I'll say about that. Joe West is the absolute worst. The umpire at home plate last night, if you don't know who Cowboy Joe West is, well, congratulations. I feel very happy for you because your life is probably better because Cowboy Joe West is among my least favorite people in baseball, maybe my least favorite. He is just one of those umpires who has to make everything about him. He has to always get himself involved in the game. Uh, I saw this story yesterday when we were on Twitter after, you know, during the game kind of kvetching about Joe West and... uh I got a story sent to me about Joe West, Paul LaDuca talking about Joe West and how Joe West, um, he was catching for Billy Wagner. And he said, uh, you know, to Wagner, what do you want to do? And Wagner's like, don't worry, just set up inside. I got this. West has got me. And LaDuca's like, all right, you know, I don't know why that would happen. He doesn't like me at all. LaDuca said he'd been tossed 10 times by West, got tossed before the game even started. And uh, Wagner comes in, throws, he said, throws like nine pitches, all strikeouts or something like that, gets, you know, three quick outs. And uh, he said like eight of them were balls and uh, and just uh, gave him the call. And he asked Wagner afterwards, and Joe West said, oh, yeah, that uh, whenever West came to Philly, Wagner let him drive his 57 Chevy or whatever, and then he was an old car nut. And he opened the strike zone for him. That's the kind of guy Joe West is, at least according to Paul LaDuca. And all I know is that as a, someone who's watched baseball a long time and obviously an, an outsider from that perspective, Joe West just comes off as the worst. He comes off as someone who, who puts himself in the game. And, and I've said this multiple times, but it seems to be hammered home every single game that the umpire in this season is the worst I have ever seen it. Joe West, forgetting the, the whole tossing Kapler thing, which was a joke, an absolute joke. Uh, forgetting that, uh, Joe West strikes him was 
all over the place. It was incredibly inconsistent, and it was all over the place. You have no idea what is and is not a strike with that guy. That's all you want from a home plate umpire is an umpire who's going to call it the same throughout the game. If you throw a pitch here, it should be a strike. And if you throw it over there and it's a ball, then it should be that way throughout the rest of the game. Joe West is one of those guys who just calls whatever the hell he wants, it feels like. He is a brutal, brutal umpire. And then he gets himself involved in the games, tossing Kapler in a situation where I think Kapler was 100% in the right to have the gripe that he did. And West tossed him really fast. So, um, look, umpires shouldn't get themselves inserted into the narrative of the game. They're there to judge the game, to referee the game from that perspective. They should not be inserting themselves in the game, and Wes seems to do that every time out there. I mean, his nickname is Cowboy. Cowboy Joe West. Anyone with the nickname Cowboy is suspect to me. I'm sorry. You can prove me wrong, Cowboy, if you're out there. Uh, but Cowboy Joe West, uh, certainly not the best. And I showed it last night yet again, just a... Uh, uh, a rough guy to deal with, a rough umpire, not a uh, not a particularly good umpire, and again, someone who inserts himself into the situations and uh, doesn't seem to be very fair or unbiased in a lot of situations, and um, I thought did a horrendous job last night. I really did. I thought he was just a, a horrendous showing from a major league umpire in, in more ways than obviously just tossing Kapler, but also, again, the strike zone was just so bad. But ultimately, look, the Phillies win it in spite of Joe West. Even tossing Kapler, whatever West wanted to do, the Phillies win 7-5, so suck it, Joe West. Um, suck it, Mets, as the Phillies now have officially split this series with the Mets. We said they need to take three or four at least here. Uh, on their way to doing that, we'll get to, to tonight's game and then tomorrow the day game uh, coming up in a few. But uh, it was nice to see the Phillies take yesterday. But look, they still have to get uh, play Better baseball for a longer period of time, obviously. Two games does not uh, make uh, remake a season here, though. It is nice to see them back above, uh, you know, 500, where they're not just one game above 500, three games over. And, again, nice to see them fighting their way back. And, uh, and look, they're still in the wild card race very, very handily. They're not out of the division race, uh, though it's a, a steep climb considering how good the Braves have played and, and you expect the Braves to play, but... There's still a lot of baseball left. A lot of baseball. We're just reaching the halfway point of the season. There's so much baseball to be played, so it is certainly not time to panic. Coming up, we'll dive into the, the roster um, and really the situation with Kapler and Klintak. We dived into it a little bit yesterday, but where we stand with that, what the team can do kind of moving forward, where we should be in terms of expectations right now, what, what this team is and what it can be. We'll dive into that coming up. And a whole lot more uh, as well. It's Philly Stage, James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back, Phillies, today. James Seltzer, as we come off a victory yesterday. How about it, Philadelphia Phillies, as they win their second straight against the uh, the Mets. No one knows whether it's the curveball machine, which was brought out prior to game one of the series, and Philly started hitting, or, uh, or whether it's the bamboo that Brad Miller brought in the locker room, the lucky bamboo, whatever it is. It's been working two days in a row. But the thing is, again, look, we can't overreact too much to two days. This is a team that, uh, obviously, three days ago, whatever it was, that the a lot of the people in this town were calling for the manager's head, if nothing else, calling for shakeups, firings, moves, something. John Maley and, and I myself have, have 
Uh, I'm not asking for jobs, but I'm I'm certainly asking for a team to to show up and play with effort and play hard every night. And we have not seen that nearly enough lately. And look, we've seen a, a nice out a, a nice showing the last couple of nights. Granted, against the team that is the most dysfunctional all baseball, one that makes the Phillies dysfunction we've been talking about seem. Very tame by comparison is uh, the stuff we've talked about with Mickey Callaway and all that stuff. And then a story came out yesterday that Brody Van Wagen and the Mets GM is actually um, dictating managerial decisions from the, the box down to, to Callaway and telling him what to do in game, which is crazy. I've not heard that. Look, I think the GMs have every right to be involved in decisions, but um, they usually hire guys and let them handle their business, if you know what I mean. Um, but uh, that doesn't seem to be the way it works in the Mets. But looking at the Philly situation, and we talked a little bit yesterday about Clintac putting his faith in Kapler and um, you know kind of publicly backing him, which of course he's going to do and he should do in this situation. Um, but I do still think that this team, in order to really secure, first of all, Gabe's job, not just for the rest of the season, but but really moving forward, I think that. This team needs to continue to win games. And look, what a silly statement. Of course they do. They need to continue winning games, but they really need to turn it around. They need to show that this was just a June swoon, just a rough stretch of baseball, and that once they kind of get going a little bit, that they're a team that's worth betting on. They're still in the thick of the playoff race right now. When you look at the teams they're competing with for that, at least right now, second wild card spot, both wild card spots, whatever you want to call it right now, I mean... The teams that they're competing with are all teams that they can handle. They're teams that are not necessarily um, juggernauts per se. Um, you know, they uh, uh, dealing with a team like the Rockies, who are a nice baseball team, made the playoffs last year. They are certainly a solid baseball team, uh, but not anything that uh, the Phillies can't handle. They went out and uh, they swept them the last time they faced them here at home. So, um, you know, the Phillies certainly have the capability. To take on a team like the Rockies, you look at a team uh, in the Central, a team that's right in the first wild card now, but the the Brewers, a team that the Phillies have shown they can compete with, uh, the Cubs, uh, game better than that, the team that uh, they're right there with the uh, Brewers as well, and then the Cardinals are the other team right there with the Phillies uh, in terms of record, and, and the Cardinals are a team that the Phillies have absolutely shown they can beat multiple times. So, um, again, look, losing Andrew McCutcheon before those series or whatever is is, is massive. D- don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, they're still in this is the point. They're in the thick of it for what it's worth. You know, they're a team that through the struggles they've had are still alive, still there in the in the playoff. They've not played like a playoff team. And, and obviously, uh, you know, over the last three weeks, they are not a playoff team, but the talent's still there. We, we said the number one. Here's the thing about the roster and the situation they're in. And, and what it's kind of what we said the whole time is that the number one most important thing that needs to happen for this team to turn things around is not firing anybody. It's not, um, you know, going out and, and, and making trades, though that will need to happen for them to get to where they want to be if they're going to continue to play well enough to, to, you know, earn the right to make, you know, those types of moves or, or to be smart to make those types of moves. But... Um, and, and it's not, you know, anything Clentac could do or, or Kapler could do or, or we could do. All it comes down to, number one, is the players have to play better. And I, I know that's such a, a simple way of saying things. And 
You know, it's like, yeah, obviously. But but in this case, it's really true, and we've seen it over the last two nights. If Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins and Gene Segura and JT Romito, if those guys hit, if those guys play well, and then you get contributions from Scott Kingery, who has never stopped playing well, Jay Bruce, who continues to contribute, if Cesar is getting involved, when Michael Franco is getting involved, as he did the last two nights, this team really has something. And look, I don't think you can bank on Michael Franco. He, he, as far as I'm concerned, is, is not someone who's a piece for the now or the future. But the point is that that he's, even as much as I don't like Michael Franco, he's even better than he's played the last two months. Everyone is. This team, when you look at it from top to bottom, and then we're not even talking about how much Aaron Nola's underperformed, how much Jake Arrieta's even underperformed. Granted, he just thinks. Um, Nick Pavetta obviously has been better but underperformed. They've had so many issues there, and then the bullpen just killed by injuries. Bad luck, and injury certainly a factor in this whole thing as well. But, uh, you know, when you look at it, think about it. Who who uh, in the lineup uh, has uh, exceeded your expectations coming into the season? Scott Kingery. Anyone else? Is there another player in the lineup that has exceeded your expectations this year? Hoskins is probably like right on with the expectations, right where he should be, right where we expect him to be. That's it. There was nobody else playing better than you expected them to, or better than they've shown that they can. Same thing with the pitching. Maybe Eflin, and he obviously did not have a great start a couple nights ago, and obviously Hector Naris. Adam Morgan went healthy. That's it. That's it. Nobody else has exceeded expectations offensively or pitching. And no one else is even meeting expectations. All we're asking for is for these guys to meet expectations or come close to the vicinity of what we expect. And hopefully that's going to start happening. It looks like obviously Segura a couple nights ago, big night, hopefully starting to turn it around. Romuto getting a hit. A uh, little end of the action last night. Harper hopefully can get on a hot streak and get rolling. He's always been a good second-half player. So, um, And obviously, Nola, man, and that last start was great. Hopefully, that's something you could build on. We could start to see more of of that type of Nola, and, and Pavetta can figure it out because ultimately, the Phillies have too many holes for Matt Clintock to go out and fill it with trades if this if everyone else they have too many holes period but if everyone else isn't going to play better then then they definitely do so um I think that's where this team is at and, and right now I think that the key is to think about it I, I do think the idea of preaching patience is important because um the season is far from over it just is far from over there's there's so much baseball left to be played this Philly team is 41 and 38 41 and 38 they're not even halfway through the season yet so um still a few more games to get there so so much baseball has to be played all right the next game we just mentioned him, nick pavetta against jason vargas vargas of course he of the uh the locker room dust up fame protecting his manager and then the aforementioned tomorrow the day game nola against wheeler these are two big ones the phillies need to continue this momentum especially because then they go to miami and the Marlins own them, right? Uh, but then they got Velasquez starting, and and who knows what happens. They need to to win this one. In fact, like the after these next two, the Phillies go on the road until the All Star break. They have they have a nine game road stretch. Nine in Miami, in Atlanta, in New York. That's gonna be tough. 
They need to win this one at home. They need to win these two at home. These are incredibly important. So hopefully Pavetta can bring it tonight and Nola tomorrow because they, they really do. They need these games at home. This is crucial. Certainly one of them. And uh, obviously a lot of baseball left to be played, but the Phillies really do need to reestablish themselves now and start to build forward. And hopefully that's what we've seen the beginning of the last couple nights. And we'll see if it continues the next couple nights uh, or night and day. Uh, either way, we will be here to talk about it all and break it all down. So until then, thank you for listening to Phillies today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.